Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Everyone can use a boost to their self-esteem from time to time, and women are no exception. InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with the noted psychiatrist and family advocate for the lowdown on women's self-worth and how to make it better. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Uncertain economic times can have terrible effects on a person's feelings of self-worth. Our guest today on InfoTrack says it's more essential than ever to believe in oneself. Dr. Cheryl Saban is author of What is Your Self-Worth? A Woman's Guide to Validation. And she's the head of the nonprofit Women's Self-Worth Foundation. Dr. Saban joins us now on InfoTrack. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Taryn. You've devoted your professional life to helping women, but it comes from a very personal struggle. And I think it would help many women to see that they, too, can rise above current difficulties. Tell us a little about your background. I was compelled to write this book for women, in part because of some of the incidents in my life. I think I struggled with the concept of worth maybe the lack of worth for the first 30 years of my life. I was raped when I was 18. I had several dysfunctional relationships, I think, and I had two failed marriages by the time I was 34. And I was a single working mom for many years. So all these experiences and situations in my life certainly contributed to my feelings of worthlessness. It took me a while to come out of that. I was lucky, I think, because I had an aha moment. I got so low at one point that I had to go to a free clinic to get health care. I was so humiliated to have to do that, to reach out for public assistance, but I did. And I was sure that everybody could tell how worthless I was. I thought that there was like a tattoo on my forehead that just sort of expressed that I was worthless. Fortunately, though, when I walked through the clinic's doors, the doctors, both male and female, treated me with respect and compassion and like I was a normal person. And this act of kindness is really what it took. For some reason, that was the tipping point for me. I realized then that I myself was perpetuating a sense of failure for myself. So I changed my mind. I started to attract happier situations my way. I started to express myself. No matter what things happen to me in life, that doesn't dictate my worthiness. I do. Do women base their own self-worth the same way men do? I think that we're different. I think obviously all of us are looking outside of ourselves for a temperature guide, I guess, for our sense of worth. Even though self-worth by definition is supposed to come from within, we do look to the outside to measure as a reflection of who we are, you know, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to behave, and very often what we're worth. It's trickier for women because we are socialized a certain way. There are stereotypes, culturally embedded mores, imposed or perceived boundaries, and a certain framing that we grow up in. We're framed or branded a certain way, and it's hard for us to shift between these stereotypes and these kind of mixed messages that society sends us. I think it's much tougher for women. You can see it just by looking at it. It's reflected in the health of society. Statistics say girls and women are suffering from an eating disorder, for example. Women are twice as likely to suffer from depression as men. I think this is reflective of some of the incongruences that we're feeling in society. These mixed messages that we don't quite know how to deal with. 
And that kind of goes to looking to the opinions of others to define us. Mm-hmm. We're our own harshest critics. Very often, yes, we are. I'm not trying to minimize or certainly not trivialize the hardships and the things that women are going through. It's not easy, by the way, to come back from a violent situation in your life, from rape or any kind of abuse at all. It isn't. And I'm not saying that it is just you snap your fingers and it happens. That doesn't work that way. But the truth is, you know, we have to take some sort of a stand on our own. Any kind of recovery requires the person to finally take that step, to start the climb back up the mountain. So you do need to decide that life is worth living and that you are so worth it that you need to keep going. And that's where I talk about personal responsibility. No matter what the circumstances or the situations are in your life, no matter where you find yourself on this food chain, you can take what you've got on your plate and increase and enhance the quality of your life. Where do you feel women are in terms of status in the evolution of women's rights in this country? How far have we come? Well, we've come quite a distance, I would say, especially in industrialized nations. We can vote in our country, but only since 1920. I mean, we hold some very high positions in government, but it's the exception, not the rule. We're holding some top jobs and big corporations and university, but just a very small percentage. So, you know, when you look at the population, we're about 50% of the population, but we're not represented anywhere near equally in most domains of life. Women globally do 66% of the labor, for example, but we only earn 11% of the income. There's some other statistics that are pretty shocking. Here in the United States, we still only make 77 cents for every dollar a man makes for doing the same job. So it's not about blame. This is about realizing the way things really are and making steps to get our voice out there in the global narrative so that our needs can really be met properly. If there's one key area which could be improved, what would that be that would have a the most profound effect on women's conditions? It comes down to our being able to be independent. I'm not equating our worth with finances at all, but when we have an economic ability to sustain our own lives and take care of our children and our families, most of us put that first. When we have the ability to do that, we not only make our own lives better, but everyone around us is better. So raising women up out of poverty is going to be probably the first step. When we give women the resources they need, they can do amazing things with it. We've been talking about what women can do to improve their status and self-worth. What can be done to improve things for the next generation of women, today's little girls? This is really important. I think that there's like five things that we all generally can do, and we need to show this, we need to model this to our girls and boys. Our boys right now should be growing up understanding that women are empowered, women are strong, women should be respected. We're not vessels to be filled or possessions to be controlled. That message has to end, and we need to be teaching that right now to toddlers just in terms of sharing and respect. But I think young girls need to learn to find their voices, to tell their own story, to be part of the global dialogue. We need to teach them financial responsibility from a very early age because that breeds independence and empowerment when you know that you can take care of yourself. To stop engaging in bad habits and dysfunctional behaviors, including helplessness. Because there is help out there, there are resources that can be found, and we need to learn to be brave enough to ask. There is the very, very important issue of loving yourself first. Often we don't do enough of that.
When you go on a plane, for example, and they tell you, you put your oxygen mask on first before you adjust your child or whoever else you're caring for. And that's because if we're not okay and we're not healthy and not feeling good about ourselves, we can't possibly promote that to anybody around us. And we won't attract it to us from the world either. So it starts with us. Self-esteem and self-worth does emanate from within. And the last thing is to teach them to pay it forward, to give back. It's really a critical component in all of this. It makes us very happy. It makes you get even a more profound sense of self-worth when you can give back to the community and give back to somebody else. We're talking with Dr. Cheryl Saban, author of What is Your Self-Worth? A Woman's Guide to Validation. Dr. Saban, is there a website listeners can visit? Yes, absolutely. Please go to my website, whatisyourselfworth.com. Tell us a little about your nonprofit. All of the proceeds from the book, all of the author's proceeds, will be going into the nonprofit that we've set up called Self-Worth Foundation. But in addition to this, I'm so energized by this concept and I want to share what I have. And at this point in my life, I have financial resources that can be very helpful. I'm donating $10 million of my own money into this fund. And I will be giving to women's funds, both in the United States and abroad, to help the empowerment of women. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack, Dr. Saban, and great luck in the future. Thank you so much. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.